Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of our show. Today's guest is Daniel Soisa. He is here today to talk to us about Bitcoin, blockchain, cryptocurrency, all of these uh, uh, recent fads, or is it the future of economics that are taking place in our society? Now, in order for us to kind of understand what's going on here is we talk a little bit about history and we talk about our different understandings and experiences with Bitcoin uh, and with cryptocurrency and, and what that means. Now, all of this information, again, is just based on our research and our experience. However, anytime you're doing something like this, always invest carefully. Uh, don't just put all your money down on red if, if you don't have money to spare, right? Protect your family, protect yourself. So, uh, like I said, this is a great episode. You're going to enjoy it. There's a lot of information here. Please let us know if you have questions or comments. Our email is robsprobablywrong at gmail.com. And we are also up on YouTube. So if you like us, please subscribe to us. Our, our YouTube is I'm Probably Wrong About Everything. Uh, nothing too difficult. Same as the show name, of course. And if, if you do, please like and subscribe and share this with your friends and family. Thank you very much and have a wonderful day. Uncut, uncensored, and unfiltered. This is an open mind. And you're listening to I'm Probably Wrong About Everything. All right, we have with us Daniel Soisa. What's up, everybody? Uh, thank you, thank you for uh, for being on, for being with us. Um, I wanted to 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 talk today about um, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, um, blockchain, all of these things that confuse the hell out of me. But yeah. I'm starting to to the more I read about it, I'm I'm thinking like, okay, this. I think this is more than just a meme or yeah. some kind of weird, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, is this the future or is this a fad? And I'm starting to really think that the more I read about this, that this is, this is quite possibly the future. Yeah. So we, exactly. we have some people on Facebook, uh, Instagram and Twitch. So if at any point, if people want to jump on in and, and make a comment, we'll try and include you uh, as much as possible. So awesome. Daniel, Thank you for being with us. Tell us a little bit about um, how you got into uh, finance and Bitcoin, Bitcoin well, with, finance. With cryptocurrency specifically, because uh, I'll tell you the truth, I'm not a big holder in Bitcoin just because of how uh, right. it almost feels impossible to buy. Yeah. Right. It's almost out of reach for someone that uh, is just working their regular income and they haven't been in uh, in trading before. Right. Yeah, because one uh, Bitcoin is like $67,000 Canadian right now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it went up to 80, went down to 60. It's toggling around there. But to get one coin, it, it seems almost impossible, right? So you're buying fractions of a cent right now in order or fractions of a coin right now in, in order to have a stake in it. Right. Uh, how I got involved was just, um, you know, my ultimate curiosity uh, I've been hearing a lot about this for a while, um, you know, picking up what you might say is meme culture or, mm. uh, you know, the viral real or fake news, whatever is being kind of put out there. So you're, you're, you're picking and choosing what you want to really kind of 
you know, investigate further, right? I think that you and me both have a pretty similar mindset. You know, once something gets in my head, I really need to learn it, right? <laughs> yes. Adapt or die. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the challenge was kind of thrown at me um, with a couple of people that I've been talking to about it. And it was really like, you know, no one was taking the initiative to, to get started. It kept, everyone kept saying it to each other, kind of like, uh, <laughs> I guess you could say like the Spider-Man meme. We're all pointing at each other. Mm-hmm. Saying, you know, um, are you going to buy yet? Did you get registered yet? Did you do anything yet? Right. So I took the initiative myself right. to, you know, essentially all my free time, read and learn about it um, and get my hands dirty. So one of the biggest things that I did was I probably signed up to every platform that exists right now, registered myself, went through all the verifications and tried to learn and study what the costs were with getting started. You know, I think one of the biggest obstacles that people are faced with right now with crypto is that they hear the news, they they see it kind of being really publicized, right? Now, especially like this past weekend, what we saw with SNL, right? Yeah, um, which is people, more murky than anything. But yeah. anyways, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, I think there's also a, a real big stigma of fear that uh, people are placing on it because they're also afraid, you know, is this... Is this something that's a scam? Is it real? Am I going to lose my money? You know, um, you know, do I need to have a lot of money to get started? They just don't understand it right now. It's it's not common yet. Right. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I wanted to put in all my time and effort to really um, learn it all and, and do my own analysis between all these different exchange platforms. So, you know, um, understanding that some of them might have really cheap, um, ways to get in, like, you know, they're not charging you anything to transfer your Canadian funds in. But, you know, understanding what those, um, let's say the freebies are going to cost you in the end, because it might cost you more money to pull out and withdraw if you, you know, either get scared or you actually want to uh, withdraw your profits, right? right. Who's going to charge you more on the back end? So these are a lot of the questions that I had, right? And, um, you know, going through... Uh, I would say probably about eight different platforms and, and learning uh, what they have to offer, what their uh, opportunities would be, you know, just even picking up which coins were available on certain platforms was huge. Right. Uh, I think one of the, one of the things I learned was hearing referrals from other people that were getting involved. Right. I think, uh, you know, modern society right now, I mean, we all will love to pick up a book, but there isn't just a book, you know, at a library that you can go to, yeah. Right. And that's going to teach you everything about crypto. So right much now. of this is speculative. Exactly. I mean, you're yeah. you're watching what seems to be, you know, YouTube uh, analysis, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's tutorials online. It's uh, people who are putting out, you know, live videos about what they're doing right now or market watch, you know, uh, websites. And, and it's all, like you said, speculative. So... So you're talking about, uh, and hello, forgettable uh, Vendetta. Thank you for joining us. There's this little, co- do you see the comments when we're talking? I don't see anything. Okay. All right. Should I have I to figure that out. No, well, I, I, I have it on here. You might see it now. Um, so oh, there it goes. There, yeah, there's, there's forgettable Vendetta. Yeah. On the right hand side, it just says private chat. I don't see anything else. Okay. Oh, That's- wait, hold on. I've turned on the comments. There. <laughs> Wonderful. So you were you, what you're talking about is the platforms for investing in the cryptocurrency. Exactly. 
Um, now, when I was trying to get into it, I, I, if I had hair, I would have been pulling it out because it's super, like what? It's it's very WTF. Yeah. But the one that the one that I've invested in is the the NDAX because in Canada it's a little bit there is that layer of if you're dealing with a U.S. site mm-hmm. where you're going to have to pay taxes on anything done there, right? So yeah. you do have to be very careful and like you say, do your research. This is not something that you jump into. Right. And again, in this discussion, which I think is important is, you know, listen, please take notes, whatever, but always, always, always invest uh, um, carefully. Right. Yeah. Because this is, you know, this is, this is firsthand. You are in a market right now. Like you're, you're essentially, when you get into the Bitcoin, you're you're working on Wall Street almost like you're yeah. getting a sense of what it's like to be uh, worse in the stock worse worse yeah well yeah. it's so a more volatile market yeah and 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 it fluctuates it's twenty four seven whereas yeah. the markets of the stock trade they close at some time this is right. ongoing right I think that's what the the confusion is a lot of people are like okay well they can learn it they can pick it up it's they're comparing it to you know stocks. But you you have to compare it to another currency, right? So global currency exchange has been something that has been, um, I guess, you know, the ugly stepsister to stocks, right? People don't really get involved in currencies. Yes. But but trading currencies has been around for a while. It's not something that is, you know, just growing because of crypto, right? Right. I mean, I I knew of an investor years ago that would stay up all night long because he was trading currencies and he was doing it all in the Asian markets. So he was mm-hmm. up in the middle of the night. Now it's a very similar thing, right? You're, you're, you're kind of looking at it like this doesn't close. These numbers are going to fluctuate um, up and down 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It does not stop. Right. Right. So these are the, uh, the warning shots that you kind of have to understand. You're getting involved in something that you're going to go to bed and you might wake <laughs> up and, <laughs> And yeah. have lost some money. Yeah. Right? Or or not have any. But the thing is, is is people don't understand that there's there's bubbles and, and bubbles burst, but also that just because it goes down, it like it's it's like uh when coronavirus first happened and, and all my buddies are like, I gotta get my money out of the bank. And I'm like, Well, listen, man, if everybody yeah. did that, it would be 1929 again. And they're like, What happened in 1929? This is just, this is why we do need to know our history, right? Yeah. And we need to understand that that we can see the uh, trajectories from our past that can kind of tell us about our future. Like mm-hmm. like Dogecoin on Saturday Night Live, it was going up, 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 and then Elon Musk came to, and it was it, it dropped like thirty percent. Yeah, because people were expecting some crazy revelation from Elon Musk, or I don't know what the hell people were thinking. But anyways, everybody sold, and it's like. Why would you like that is what creates this idea of and and I think that this is important to keep in mind a bullish or a bearish market. Right. And people a bearish correct me on this one a bearish market is like you need to get rid of that now because it's going to die. Gonna, yeah. And then a, a a bullish market is like you hold on to it. Right. Now there's tactics there's uh, mm-hmm. opportunities that you have to be aware of is that you know the market may look bearish meaning it's not going to be growing your your money is going to be increasing you're probably going to be taking some losses 
Right. Now there's a there's obviously like I said there's tactics. You can put more money in once you think that price has reached its bottom. If it stops dropping, you have an opportunity to reinvest some more money and buy the same uh, crypto that you have or get into a new one, depending right. on you know if if everything is going bearish, right? Uh, and, and pick up something at a better cost because there's those market swings, right? So you want to be paying attention to things like the dip. If uh, you see the, the market is dropping considerably, watch it, pay more attention to it. And, and then you have to basically judge and read uh, the sales, read the candlesticks, you're reading your line graphs. You have to understand yeah. all these different variables that are going to give you, you know, maybe like a couple minutes notice before it changes course. Like you're not really going to get, um, you know, there, there, there's no alarm saying, Hey, you know, tomorrow at five o'clock, yeah. it's going to go back up again. Right. Yeah. So you kind of have to be paying attention. Um, I know some apps or, you, you know, some platforms, they have alerts. So you can actually put some price alerts. You can put on some buying, um, uh, buying and selling rates so that you can actually kind of pre-list your purchase price or your sell, your sell price at a certain rate. So that way you say, you know, just pick, like if you're, if you had Doge, right. And you're looking at it like, okay, everyone's saying we want it to get to a dollar for SNL and you go to your platform mm. and you find the little, you know, um, module that says, uh, purchase price or sell price and you flip it to sell and you say, I want to sell it once it hits a dollar and you want to sell all of it, half of it, you know, one, whatever you want. Oh, so you okay. can actually do these things and, and kind of put these things in motion ahead of time. But, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are using that. Doge didn't hit a dollar. Nothing actuated on there. They were hoping it was going to sell when it got to a dollar. Nothing happened. And then they're like, you know, you're waiting. Is it going to keep yeah. going up? Is it going to yeah. go down? Is it going to go down and come back up higher? No one knew, right? So, you know, using that as an example, you kind of have to um, either pick your price and live with it or watch it and and uh, and hold on, right? The whole hold on for dear life. <laughs> <laughs> well, so um, kind of on that, uh, what, what I sort of hoping to talk about again is you, you mentioned about the different platforms. What's the one that you use? So the same reason that you came up with uh, being Canadian uh, mm -hmm. So hello to the Canadian listeners out there and, and viewers. Uh, I came across Endax and I felt really comfortable using that that uh, exchange. Now, I got started with uh, another one, which was uh, ShakePay, mm -hmm. being Canadian as well. I think that one's out of Quebec. And um, what they were offering in terms of how quick and easy it was seemed pretty simple, but you don't really have any opportunity to buy it. Uh, anything other than Bitcoin or Ethereum. You only get right. two coins. So, you know, I, I put in some money. I thought it, it would work. I like the idea that, hey, you know, you uh, you get your phone and you can shake it and you earn rewards for shaking your phone. I'm like, oh, that sounds unique. Right. Give it a shot. So, you know, these guys, you can get invested and get started with like 20 bucks, 50 bucks. Right. And that's where, you know, like I said, for me, if I'm going to try these things out, I'm willing to lose $20 to learn and figure this out and doing it my way. Then, you know, like, just like if you go to school, you're paying a tuition, you're going to pay money. If you don't go to class, you're paying money. You're not going to learn anything. Right. 
But here it's like, I feel, I'm going to put money in. I'm going to force myself to learn these things and figure it out. Right. Right. A friend of mine who became a, like one of the greatest blackjack players of all time, which I think is kind of ironic. I don't know how you become a great blackjack player. But anyways, okay. he, he, he told me he's like, because like he just knew the cards kind of. And at the Canadian casinos, there was never the one deck. It was always multiple decks. Right. Anyways, I'd say to him, like, how did you learn how to play this so well? He's like, because I lost a lot of money. And that's what it takes. I mean, any investment, you don't put your child's life savings on right. that. Like, I wouldn't be investing my my daughter's uh, education uh, university tuition fund on Bitcoin. But what's what's 150 bucks, right? Yeah. What's 200 bucks to just kind of see how you, how it works mm-hmm. and then get it? Because it can be so incredibly obfuscating to try and figure this thing out. But then, like you're saying, you start to see some patterns. I do think, though, that that the reason why stockbrokers and things like that, banks are so hesitant with Bitcoin is because of, of what it actually represents. And yeah. my understanding is that going back to currency, like investing in Asian you know, currencies or, or whatever, global currencies, is that those are all like that's called fiat money. Yes. Which means it's centralized. It's right. It's representative of that country. But Bitcoin is decentralized, which means it could be exchanged anywhere for anybody who believes in it. And right. that's kind of the key is you have to believe in it. And yes. then you think, well, hold on, this is just an idea. But then break it down going into the history of money is that's all currency that's all currency is right now in 2015 it it really is it really is i was gonna say it's it's kind of like the fugazi did you watch that movie it's it's, it's kind of made up you know yes yeah 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 yes yeah you know it's uh sadly it sounds like a hustle it sounds like it's made up it sounds like it's fake however it's just as good as anything else that holds any value someone else on the other end of any exchange needs to value whatever it is that you're exchanging the same way you do. Right. It's, so yeah. it, really, it really doesn't make a difference. It's like we all look at money right now in a, a very traditional way. We're looking mm-hmm. at money because we know that our governments are saying you need to be using this type of currency here in this country. Right. You know that it's backed by gold. Right. What's the number one market cap in the entire world is gold. Right. Cause everyone backs up what they own, their value system to gold. So right now, what has been created is Bitcoin, which is becoming the new gold. So you have to look at Bitcoin is going to replace gold in terms of the hierarchy and what everyone's going to back value towards. So the whole idea is Bitcoin has an opportunity to be valued the same way gold is, which Essentially, would mean Bitcoin right now at sixty-seven, sixty-eight thousand Canadian could actually be two million dollars a coin in the future. Once, let's say everything catches up to it. God damn it! That's terrifying. Okay, so that actually makes a lot of sense because yeah, it's something. It's, it's gonna. To have... It's gonna be. It's the standard for all these other currencies, just like the right. U.S. gold standard. Was and and that's why there's this book. Everybody check this book out. Uh, it's called. Let me pull it up here. Um, 
Money Without Boundaries, How Blockchain Will Facilitate the Decentralization of Money by Thomas J. Anderson. And that's what he's saying is because up until, I'm going to mess up my dates here, but like the 60s, -hmm. everything was on the gold standard. But then they're like, we need to get rid of that. So everything is now based on credit, which like you just said previously, is an idea. And in 2015, Steve Keen, uh, in a Forbes article, and he's like some economics professor or something, he said that uh, we think that the, the U.S. dollar is based upon like the gold standard or real estate or anything, but it's really just backed by uh, a really intricate accounting trick because it's inflation. That's what, that's what it is. That's the big trick. That's the trick is inflation. Why is it that apples are going up you know, 10 cents every year because, and obviously it's not just apples, it's everything is going yeah. up in inflation to keep the sort Except of income. It's, it, why is that? Why yeah. is that? Yeah. That's, and that's, I think therein lies the problem. So you have to understand that, the, you know, the whole divide of the rich want to be richer, the rich get richer, the whole thing, right? The same yeah. thing right now, like we're in this pandemic reset, right? Uh, everything got kind of leveled last year, but what happened? Stocks went through the roof. Record number of, uh, you know, in, in terms of market cap and and valuations. Now you see the rise in crypto this year, you know, really catching the news. Stocks are still going up. But what is happening around the world? What's really changing? Mm. Right? So if you're looking at the value system that we currently live in, where people are um using their current currencies right to get paid to buy things you know that in like i think about 60 years they're saying that the whole value system w- would have been thrown off if we keep it if, if we keep going the way we're going because it would be impossible for your income to match your standard of living yeah impossible and and it's just the that kind of curve has been you know, lining up with the inflation rate and sooner or later, we're going to be spending more money to be alive. And you see it now, people are just getting credit, getting credit, getting credit. And if you look at what's actually out there, there is more money allocated in, let's say your uh, uh, bank systems, right? Like everybody's uh, checkings account and savings account. There's more money in there than there really is money in the world. Yes. So that's a that's another big problem. <laughs> yeah. Right. Going back to if we all pulled our money out. Yes. It would it, be absolute would, collapse. If everyone tried to pull out tangible cash, they wouldn't have enough. Because and that doesn't the, exist. And they're printing more of it all the time. They're exchanging yeah. it, burning the old stuff or whatever it might be to try and keep it updated and modern. But it, you're right. It's because the money doesn't exist. It's all based off inflation. And, and valuations of what people are comparing it to. So the future of a transaction is going to be based on a, a cryptocurrency, an invisible currency, right? That we, uh, we don't really have it, even though we have it. You can store it safely on, you know, the internet, on these platforms, mm-hmm. these exchanges, right? You can keep it on a wallet online, or you can buy a little USB key that has its own wallet, Right. So you get a little address in the USB key, and then you can send it from the internet right to your key. Once you plug it in, you put the address 
you take out that USB and you can walk around wherever you want with a digital wallet. Okay, that's what that is. Yeah. Right. So if you wanted to take that somewhere or just you're taking it off the system so that you don't get hacked, you, no one steals it from you, whatever it might be, whatever it feels safe, and you can keep it. So that is kind of the other thing in in the day and age where you know digital terrorism is very real. Mm-hmm. How how can we protect this money? Well, that's the blockchain's responsibility. So that's what blockchain is. Can you can you explain? Because I'm still like, you know, WTF is blockchain, yeah. right? Well, uh, to kind of give you an idea, in learning all this stuff, mm-hmm. the, um, the the big thing for me has been not just understanding what the terminology might be, but also being able to tell my friends, this is really what it is. You know, I want to be able to tell my parents, this is what the future is going to be. Right. Uh, maybe you're around in, you know, 40, 50 years to see it. You know, but this is where things are going, whether it scares you or not. This is what I have to learn. I have yeah. to figure it out, right? Yeah. Um, so I've been really trying to figure out the the simple way to understand these things so that I can get other people to understand them too. I feel like if, you know, my friends and family are not as scared of it, then I'll, I'm indirectly helping them out, giving them that kind of head start right. to figure out when they're ready to invest or put money into it. So uh, with the blockchain... I want you to understand an Excel spreadsheet. Okay. Okay. So an an Excel spreadsheet, uh, if you use it on a regular basis, you'll understand those. There are little spreadsheet tabs on the bottom, which allows you to kind of create a whole new plain sheet, but it's still attached to your main file. Right. Right. So essentially what the transactions are doing in the blockchain is when they write these transactions, they will create a new block. Not an entire, like, it's not a table, but mm-hmm. it's a block of the transaction record, which, you know, probably has every bit of information in a string, right? And they call right. it a block. They attach it to the block that was previously there. Okay. And this chain of blocks just grows and grows and grows and grows and gets longer and longer. So there's no way for you to falsify anything because it's living out there. And everybody that's adding these transactions is also responsible for having the history of all those transactions right. to add it to. So it's not like one person or one bank or one government is controlling this information. Once the blockchain gets revised, if you want to call it that, with a new transaction, it gets um, kind of like uh, passed out to the masses. So all the exchanges, all the platforms are getting this information as well. And they just continue to add to it. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, so in terms of the blockchain, you know, let's say um, you're you're wondering how does it stay safe? Is that no one can really falsify the history that's gone on because everybody that's using it has that same information. You'd have to go and change everybody's information. This okay. So I I just want to make sure I'm getting this right. So this blockchain is just the global like it's just you can't fudge it it's it's the same for everybody and it holds everybody's information in this blockchain so what what actually happened years ago was someone hacked into um ethereum yeah okay they stole 50 million dollars but what they had to do was they took like a mass vote with all the 
people that were involved in holding up the blockchains together, all these different exchanges. And they did what was called like a hard fork where mm -hmm. they kind of went back and reversed that transaction where that guy stole the money, put all that money back in and then restarted from there and called it a hard fork. So imagine a chain, right? Or <laughs> maybe this is even better for you to understand. Did you ever watch Back to the Future? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So think about Doc Brown. I, you got me in already with Back to the Future. Think about Doc Brown when he's talking about the the, the timeline of history, right. right? Then he goes on a tangent when he says, I'm going to have to go back here because we changed history. And now it's on a separate line going this right. way. And this is the course of life now on a new path. The exact so, same thing happens with the blockchain is what they did is they hard forked it. Okay. And then they recreated it in, a, I guess, a more encrypted nature where they beefed up the security so they wouldn't get hacked. And then it created a whole new hard fork of Ethereum. The original one is still existing called Ethereum Classic. So if you can actually look that up and you'll find it, uh, the new revised version is the Ethereum that we know that's uh, number two right now in, in uh, market cap. So the money that was stolen, this $40 million... Yeah, and, 50. Uh, by the, excuse me, fifty million dollars is. Did that just become like nothing? Like that that was stolen? Was this? Yeah, it just got. I guess all those assets were returned to where they were originally came from. So the person who stole this money, it was just like now you now you you don't even have gold dust anymore. You have nothing. You stole nothing. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, he stole. He probably just what he ended up stealing was data that had no value. Whoa. Okay, because so they're, there's they're a able to reverse the data. There's a question we have here from Forgettable Vendetta. I'm just going to read it because it pertains yeah, go to for it. So what exactly is crypto? All I have heard about crypto is you invest into this online currency and when prices go up, you pull out. Is this it? What is the best way for someone who doesn't know much about crypto to get into crypto, which we discussed? Is there a specific source from where you can get good advice from or you have to do your own research to know what is wrong and what is right. So great question, forgettable. Very good question. To, uh, to get started with the first question, uh, what is crypto? Mm -hmm. uh, it's a currency that we're, uh, we're using, that, you know, people around the world are using that is essentially the same currency. It's, you know, um, if you want to say the Canadian dollar, the American dollar, right. imagine the entire world having the opportunity Universal. to exchange that same dollar, that same coin. And that's why, you know, um, cryptocurrency, it, you can see as being kind of drawn out in, in, in masses where there's, you know, over 5,000 different coins because everyone wants their opportunity to come up with a currency that will, you know, demand value eventually, right? They want to be that person's, you know, I guess, holding the bag saying, look at the money I that see. I was able to create. Right. But, but Bitcoin will always be that gold standard. Like that will, Bitcoin is now what everything yeah. is basing its currency on. Yeah. You can, you can essentially say that for sure. Yeah. Uh, and Ethereum is the blockchain. Right. right. Oh. So Ethereum, in terms of what's happening with the blockchain, they're running that like that system, but they're not really running it. Like they're not in charge of it. They're not saying you're not allowed to play in my in my blockchain or anything. You know, it's not a playground. It's mm -hmm. open. 
completely open. So there's, yeah. so there's public blockchain and private blockchain. Okay. Right. And then, what, and then what they've done with blockchain is essentially make it public. So that way, um, you know, just like Bitcoin, anybody can buy it, anybody can use it. But the, the difference with Ethereum is how they, the, the data that they can store, they can also store uh, contracts and um, they have a way of doing like their digital signatures on, let's say, uh, graphics, right? So you, uh, you probably heard of something called NFTs. Yes, non-fungible tokens. Non-fungible tokens, which is digital art, right? And I say art, not like art hanging on the wall. But I mean, like anybody can create anything and call it it's their version of art. However, everybody has a different value system, uh, uh, you know, to that art. So someone who's a famous artist, right, because of, let's say, clout, their mm -hmm. art is going to be more expensive because it's in demand. Right. Same thing goes with these NFTs. Someone that's going to create either good art or because who they are, you know, you know, maybe they're uh, Tom Brady and they have a signature of something specific, like a, a collectible item, it's going to be valuable to people, right? So these exchanges of these pieces of art can now be put onto the blockchain right. using Ethereum so that you can actually trade currency on that platform as a secure way of trading these uh, tokens or pieces of art globally. So... I mean, what, what I, uh, I love your Moscow mule cup, by the way. Thanks. I can, is, is that a Moscow mule you're having? Uh, no, I, I switched it out for water now. It's getting late. <laughs> it, it, so, it's a good insulator for, for keeping things. Cold. Oh yeah. They're the best. I used to be a bartender. I could send you the best recipe for a Moscow mule. Anyways. Um, but what I was, what I was going to say is, is I think about what are the extensions of this politically? Because Again, going back to the idea of this all being an idea that we agree upon and we we base ourselves into. I mean, because before money, before the gold standard, it used to be seashells. And in some cultures, it was, you know, cigarettes were traded, right, as a form of currency. Yeah. You know, uh, after the Weimar Republic collapsed in Germany, you know, things like this. There have been agreements of this will be what we use for trade. But if we get rid of the uh, fiat money, what does that mean politically? Well, I mean, politically right now, you can see that the world is really shifting at such a quick pace where there's more division than ever, right? Yeah. And I don't think it really has anything to do with money, but it has to do with decisions. It has to do with opportunities. It has to do with, you know, jobs. And, you know, even right now, people can complain about vaccines and, and lockdowns uh there's just because the world is so hyper connected that we're all able to find out exactly what someone else is doing so the you know the probably one of the worst things to have happen right now is fomo is people are seeing everyone around the world doing something different and they're like well why can't we do that hmm. right but how can you do what other people are doing if i only have canadian money and it's only going to get me so far right, right? So what does it mean politically? I don't think anything is going to shift in terms of uh, power of, you know, let's say uh, boundaries, like lines in the sand. But um, you can totally see that this is really changing how government is uh, able to to rule their, let's say, people and the money at the same time. You know, they're really 
is a huge push right now globally for people to get their economies started, right? Mm -hmm. The U.S. I know is opening the door to everything and anything so that they can get back to business, right? Open for business. And I think a lot of that has been driven from what we have or haven't really been able to see from China, which is another global leader, right? Yeah. So their biz, their business has boomed in the pandemic because they're manufacturing, you know, probably the majority of the goods sold around the world. And yeah. when everything is being sold online, no one knows where to go to get it locally. They're ordering it from China, right? right. So who, who, uh, who was a big winner last year? Uh, Alibaba, Amazon, right? Check out all, most of those goods, you know, whether it's real or China. fake, China, right? So you'll see the economies that the uh, country has is, you know, let's figure out a way to get everything open, figure out a way to create more business, right? We need to become that global leader so that we can do better for our people. I, in terms of what it means for the currency, you're going to start to see them adopting crypto in an, in some form or version. It doesn't need to be what we know today. It could be a newer version in a year's time. And this is where, you know, getting in right now for everybody that's that's listening. Yeah, it, it might be a little bit risky to put your life savings into something. But if you're starting reasonably and you're investing in something that you believe in, that is backed by uh, a company that actually stands for something, does something tangible that is not, you know, specifically, I don't want a bad mouth though, but it, it really doesn't do anything. Yeah. It's just a made up currency that has absolutely no use. Right. But yeah, put your money into something like Ethereum because you know, it's part of that blockchain realm where it actually does something, right. You can put your money into, um, you know, to something that was, you can if you take a look at like market cap, uh, I think the number three right now is is Binance Coin. Binance so, Coin. So how B, was that, that's BTC, right? Uh, BNB, I believe. Oh yeah. So if you look at Binance Coin, how do they come out of nowhere to come up with all this, you know, market cap? How, why are people investing into it? It's at like um, around eight hundred Canadian right now. Whoa. Yeah. So one how, Binance Coin. Exactly. So how does it how does that happen? Because they have a platform that they've developed where they can trade almost every coin that exists. And that's the draw for people. They're like, oh, but I want to be able to get I in see. See. and buy, you know, Doge or the new knockoff Doge, the Shiba Inu coin and <laughs> get it at uh, three one thousandths of a, of a penny or whatever it is, because they want to be at the beginning. But every, mm -hmm. they're going to flock to Binance because they can do that there. You can't do it on ShakePay. You can't do it on Endax. Endax only has 10 coins. Yeah. Yeah. There, well, Endax is definitely uh, very limited in, in what's available there. It's only the major ones. But with, with Dogecoin, because you say it's like, really, it's ultimately meaningless. And that is, that's my understanding of it. But Elon Musk, he's backing it so much. And it's like, that guy, speaking of clout, speaking yeah. of, you know, NFC, Whatever that guy does is powerful mm -hmm. and, and, and can put into action what's happening. So I, or I mean, reverse or the reverse of what you saw happen on Saturday. Right. right? But it's, it still didn't go away. I mean, now it's, it's going back up, but again, I think that that's a reflection of investors. People yeah. freak out if they all pull out, well, then it drops, but if they all yeah. buy in, then it goes up. 
Right. I mean, that's how this is so. Every crazy. marketplace has been like that from the beginning of time, though, right? Exactly. I mean, I know you mentioned some historical trading things. Something maybe a little bit more closer to home for ca- Canadians is the fur trade, right? The fur trade is something that was specific to uh, as a resource in Canada that yeah. got exploited because it was something that you know the natives were able to utilize. But you know, not everybody coming to Canada knew that. Oh, the, look at these animals that they have. Look at the type of pelt that they have. They created these value systems out of mm. their tradable resource, right? I mean, look right. at what's happening right now today. Lumber prices are going through the roof because. It, construction is in high demand. People need the lumber. So what is what has Canada done? They've raised their prices. Even again, even on us, the price of lumber for us is high. But it, it's the same thing across the board, exporting it, because we have to create a value system for what is in demand. So it doesn't matter what the coin is, the currency might be. Mm. It could be a, a resource. So what what's the next resource going to be? Currency right now being crypto is the next resource that everybody needs because people are transacting more purchases online. And that's the bottom line of crypto is the future. The future, is, the future is, of is finance digital. is on the internet. Yeah, the future exactly. of finance is on the internet. We're not, gonna, yeah. we're not going to be sending people, you know, uh, invoices in the mail and waiting <laughs> for a check. Right? right. That's not happening anymore. You can now... You know, the, the system has been set up where you can purchase a home, do it online, pay in crypto, and the person on the other end is going to get the same value of whatever it is that you're agreeing to, whether it be Dogecoin or, or, or Bitcoin, right? So you see Elon is putting out these uh, tweets to, I, I think, yes, it stimulates the whole discussion of crypto. It's normalizing the, the conversation to people. Uh, and it scares the hell out of other people as well because, oh, I can use Dogecoin now to go and um, plan my trip to the moon. Right? right? So that was the new tweet that he came out with, I believe it was yesterday, last mm. night. So it, it's really, really complicated to get your head around, oh, wow, like you can use crypto to buy all these things. But I mean, in the end, they're just opening up the door to say, we'll accept whatever currency that you have so you can do these things because you shouldn't be forced to have to buy us dollars in order to get on this flight to the moon literally anybody anywhere can you can utilize their crypto to buy a ticket on a spaceship right or buy a tesla yeah i mean so it's like pesos right so if if you and i you know let's go to cancun boom let's have a good time a hundred pesos is about the equivalent to ten dollars Canadian, mm-hmm. or at least it was last time I went. Okay. But the peso is representative of the U, the Canadian dollar, which is representative of the gold standard. Gold standard, not actually based mm-hmm. upon gold, but of the U.S. dollar. The USD is the pinnacle that all other currencies are are based upon today, and these are yeah. fiat currencies. Now, a Dogecoin is that. Is that the same kind of thing? Like this is representative of this much of a Bitcoin. Is that the direction that we're going in? And this so this kind of pe- that's the disconnect. Okay. So the disconnect is Dogecoin is continuously mined, which means they're always generating more coins. Gotcha. 
So digitally, there seems to be an endless supply of this coin, which is one reason why Elon Musk and uh, other maybe smarter people than me are saying this, this is the currency of the future because it's endless. Okay. Bitcoin as the gold standard is because it's literally capped at I think it was uh, twenty one million. It's coins. finite. It it right. it will eventually stop in terms of uh, how much is added into circulation. Like even right now, a hundred percent of Bitcoin is not in circulation. The value of it is so high. If someone was to go in and buy the remaining value of un uh, like uncirculated Bitcoin would cost them somewhere around like $800 billion because the value of it is so expensive. Oh. Yeah. If you, if you think about it, like everyone's like, oh, but there's, there's 21 million Bitcoin, right? It's going to run out. Well, yeah, it's going to run out, but look at the value of it now. Who's going to go and buy one coin at $80,000 or maybe a hundred thousand dollars. If you talk in a month from now, right? Yeah. Who knows? They're going to, they're going to go and buy the leftover, uh, four million coins at a hundred thousand dollars a coin. Someone <laughs> do the math. That's not going to yeah. work. No one's going to do that. However, what you do see are corporations starting to buy Bitcoin, whatever they can afford. Doesn't matter how much they have. They're looking at it like they're buying it now because they know it's going to go up. So they'll if there's um a Japanese uh, video game like uh, creating uh, company. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, Japanese, I'm, I'm going to say I'm like 5149 on. Maybe they're Korean, but <laughs> um, they bought $100 million worth of, of Bitcoin. And they're putting it on their books. And they know that that's going to create value and they'll have more money. It's basically like investing in themselves because they're, right. they're adding into the digital marketplace, right? They have the dispensable um currency whatever it is that they're using they're trading it for bitcoin they're still holding the same value of money because it's perceived in the marketplace now that bitcoin has value so now we put put that on your books what's going to go up more next year bitcoin or their dollar the bitcoin's going to go up more so it's a smart move by these big corporations to only get more control more money and then what they'll be able to do in the future when they own different currencies, they'll be able to utilize it for, uh, let's say, their uh, their customer base, right? Well, I don't and, know if, and, you, if you caught my last podcast. We were joking around about uh, like uh, a cryptocurrency. You know, if if a, a corporation was to make it, mm. uh, I was I was just joking around about let's say you know Pfizer wanted to create their own cryptocurrency, and then you had to buy the Pfizer cryptocurrency in order to buy, you know, medicine. Oh, you know what well, I mean? Like the future, it, it can I mean, go it's dystopian, way. but, 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 that, but I kind of think that there's some truth to that is that, it, yeah, it can go in. Any Amazon, Amazon, like I, I had a, a, a podcast with an economic and economist uh, quite a while back. And I was talking about like, could Amazon ever be like a country? You know what I mean? Like we're, 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 instead of being ruled by a government, we're ruled mm-hmm. by a corporation. And you think about the cultures of some of these places, they kind of look like a micro nation, right? The way that well, they, they, they can buy their own Island, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Google does have their own Island of servers that's floating in the middle of the ocean. 
You know about that, right? What? <laughs> There's like a server island. Yeah. Think about but like that's... a think about like an yeah. oil mining rig in the middle of the ocean. Now, now change that up. It's digital servers that are running in in the middle of the because you're running out of land and right. places to put things, and people are developing ways to use uh, the resources we have on Earth to our own ability. Like, how do you cool down 10 million servers naturally, <laughs> right? You're not going to just put them all in a building and then turn the yeah. air conditioning on because <laughs> then you're using fossil fuels. You're using air conditioning, electricity. <laughs> how are you going to generate all this? So they, they slapped it in the middle of the ocean so they can use the water and some sort of circulation of that to cool down their system. We, we, we have some uh, some good Q&A questions here too. Where Now, where is this... Uh server refinery or whatever you want to call it i don't know i'm sure google maps doesn't even tell you <laughs> i yeah well because you got to think too that's that could be uh, again going back to techno terrorism that's a target right um we yeah, have you're probably right is is this is this worth getting into am i going to end up homeless in 30 years because i never invested in this there might be other problems in 30 years but i anyways, would say go ahead. I would say you're going to end up homeless in 30 years if you don't start investing in something. Mm-hmm. Even if you're investing in real estate, you're investing in something tangible that has value that will continue to have value in the future. Yeah. Real estate is the one thing that everybody can tell you through the from the beginning of time has been the most valued is yeah. the, the land, the space that we have and how it is a resource for us. So why is land resourceful? Because you can, you know, people will, like I said, chop down trees they will uh, grow farms on it for food so they can sell. Or you would just have your house where you'll live and have all your stuff, right? It's it's a resource that's very limited in this world, especially with the population growing the way it has. Mm. So invest into something that's going to have a, 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 a tangible asset that's going to have value in the future. Yeah. Um, if it's currency right now, like I said, it might be crypto in the short term and it might evolve into something later on. You and me will both be able to understand where was the internet 20 years ago and 30 years ago? We were at the beginning of something completely different. We're at the beginning of the internet right now. Just 30 years later, a whole new version of something else. Well, I, I, I think about revolutions and, uh, you know, for, cause, cause I love, I love historical comparisons Mm -hmm. and, you know, when the French revolution happened, it wasn't like all of France just suddenly, you know, right. It took time. Yeah. To have this spread. So, you know, if, if you're living in Paris, that's a bad spot to be on, you know, on Bastille Day, because that's where the revolution happened. But as time progressed, it slowly spread across France. And then it became, you know, the, the, the purges and the terrors, similar with any kind of revolution, is people just think it's like, like a like a massive explosion that but right now, it is. right now, everything's instant. Right. But it still is taking time for us to kind of catch up. Like, like yes, it's happening right now before our eyes with the internet. But people, people around us are kind of like, like you said, this this cryptocurrency started about. I think it it really came into fruition about I don't know four or five years ago, and now it's really engulfing us. I think. Yeah. Well, you have to just understand all the historical references you want to throw out there modern technology is growing at a faster rate than anything else, right? Right. So even the internet, we can all talk about how old the internet might be. But, you know, when we were in school, 
there was one computer in every class or only one computer in the library, right? Right. If you talk to anybody, you know, a decade older than me, they didn't have computers. Right. Right. The so, age of information. How quickly have we grown where the biggest companies in the world have only been invented in the last 20 years? Damn. But Amazon, right? right? Amazon came out of where? In the 90s? And PayPal, they were selling books, yeah. right? Google, you know, I was reading something about how like Google bought YouTube, right? So when Google bought YouTube, they paid like $1.3 billion. And this was at the beginning of the, you know, YouTube uh, creations. Um, now, currently, YouTube has $1.3 in advertising, like every three weeks. Every, th- Jesus. Yeah. So it, you have to understand the value of money, the value of attention. Yeah. All these things are are so much more instant than they were before. We're not waiting for the invention of the printing press or the you know the car from the Ford Motor Company to change the world, and then that takes 20, 30 years or 50, right. 100 years. This is yeah. stuff that can literally change people in a matter of weeks or months. In, or in even large numbers. Or, or even overnight, yeah. right? So you see how the, the progression, the way it's going, the banks haven't been able to want to support it because they see themselves as being the odd man out of the equation. The bank can't charge you $16.95 a month to have a checking account when you're doing everything for free on a decentralized network. What's the bank going to charge you for? How are they going to make their money? Because they're doing the same thing. Right. They're, just, they're just a wallet system for everybody. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I right? mean, how many people actually carry, like, significant portions of cash? I, I hardly – I don't think I ever paid anything in no. cash, right? Uh, next question here because, I mean, these are some good Yeah, questions. let's get to them for sure. Um, is it better for the cryptocurrency of choice to have more supply to the public or less to control its own demand? That's from Bravo Cast Network. That's a good question. I mean, to me, I would look at it like having a finite number means it'll have more value. It's just like any collectible. Yes. Right. If you know that there's only, you know, three Wayne Gretzky signed rookie cards out there in circulation, you know, it's going to have more value. So, I mean, I, I would think that that would be the case. However, we don't understand at this point yet what that number is going to be in order to be something that's worldwide circulation and and in use that it, you know we can all do uh do away with having our our old currencies you know thrown away we don't know what that's going to be yet you mm-hmm. said that to yourself we can go to mexico you got to get pesos so why is it that you got to travel the world and you always have to exchange your currency someone's got to make a profit off of you doing that currency exchange just so that you can go and make purchases or travel or have fun or whatever and then you know when you get there that even all of their value systems are thrown off because I go on vacation and I take American money and I get pesos or I get you know Bahamian dollars and I bring Canadian. And depending on who I talk to, I can pay them whatever on I want, right? Oh, yeah, that's – You think about it. There, How many times have you gone somewhere they're like, oh, you have American? I'll take it. No problem because they value it so much more. It doesn't matter right. where you are. So these systems have always been there. These loopholes have always been there. We just kind of fall back into what we trust, which is go to work, do your job, get paid, take your check, go to the bank, have them turn over the money. They're going to take their cut. You get to look at your money whenever you want. 
and use it however you want according to their rules. But they're also going to charge you every time you use it yeah. for transaction. Like that's how it used to be. We're going to charge you for every transaction. We're going to charge you for every time you go into overdraft or we're going to charge you every time that you need to, you know, uh, withdraw from your savings account, which we don't want you to do. It's like, what, you're not going to let me have my own money. So this is basically a way for everyone to have more control and be interchanging a currency that should be widely accepted. And that's why if you if you break it down to the simple stuff, that's why the future is going to go this way. We, I mean, it can go into so many different paths. Yes, yeah. But, but it will be breakoffs of this. Yes, yeah. Oh. Right? Like they, when they invented the, the internet, what did we use the internet for? I mean, it was what, cat videos. Like they were, I think cat videos <laughs> was like one of the first yeah. things that was out there, right? Yeah. And websites were very, very rare. It was, oh, there was the World Wide Web. And then all of a sudden it was uh, AOL, um, Internet Explorer, these things that were created by, you know, Microsoft, right, or IBM or whoever, they created this platform where you can then do a www dot and make whatever you want. That changed and revolutionized the Internet because the Internet used to be like, I'm going to transfer information. And then all of a sudden it's like, here's a window where you can look at information that anybody can post. Right. Now it's going to be the exact same thing, but on a. In a, not in the cryptocurrency world, but cryptocurrency is going to be a facet of the future of this kind of platform. Maybe it's built on blockchain, but maybe it's another version of that where everybody can share information that you can't, you know, steal or you can't uh, download or paying for because then it's copyright, you know, protection. These are the things that are going to eventually come our way, right? And and, and I think too that it's it's very difficult to counterfeit this. Because of the, again the blockchain that you say, like it's just yeah. that's not. Whereas a fake twenty, you know, a fake twenty, fake hundred, you could make that believable. And again, somebody is agreeing that that's a real hundred dollar bill. If, yeah. if you kind of see what I'm saying, like you give someone the counterfeit, and they're like, "Oh, it looks real," and they accept it. Whereas with cryptocurrency, it's like it would know this is not real currency, and therefore yeah. it's like you know, not accepted right. again, playing into the idea of, you know, because money, when you try and define it, it is really, it is quite nebulous. It's like, well, hold on. And, and, and again, we've discussed that it's just a bunch of preconceived ideas. Mm-hmm. So the, the next question here is there's news going around that trading, mining and holding cryptocurrency could soon be illegal in India as the Indian government is proposing a new bill that could ban all transactions related to cryptocurrencies. If this were to happen, is there a way for someone to get their investments back? Sorry if this sounds like a stupid question. I wouldn't say it's a stupid question at all. Yeah. For me, I can tell you that I've been speaking to people that are of, uh, uh, they're Indian Canadians. Okay. So Mm -hmm. they are of that uh, recently immigrated kind of a background where they're very involved with what's happening back home and they're my only inlet to what's been happening out there and I, w- I was already under the understanding that india had blacklisted crypto and that they weren't allowing it so you know understanding that it's soon to be illegal i i'm not really sure where i am on the spectrum here of updated news in india but i already thought it was illegal if it's going to become illegal and it hasn't been um i think it's one of those risks just like everybody else they're going to ban it. I mean, 
there's going to be a level of what they're going to ban. They're going to ban the internet that you're using from going on those websites. However, you're still going to be able to access those websites using a VPN network. So right. there's a level of banning and there's a level of your money is not going to disappear yeah. because the money is still going to be backed up in the blockchain, in their, you know, the crypto platform under a certain address registered to you. And that's where you should feel safe. If the government or whoever might get involved is going to stop that, we already have workarounds for that. People can watch American Netflix in Canada because they use a VPN. There's already workarounds, yeah. right? I don't think that we should be worried about something like that. I'm only worried about why are they doing it when they have such a control of a huge population? What do they see that we don't? I mean, I know that there's a big tech industry there. they got a billion people. What's really happening behind the scenes that we don't know in India? Because I'm not privy to the, the news um, in India that, you know, I think maybe some other people are of that culture. Same thing with, you know, what's happening in China. they got a billion people. But I feel like everything's top secret. Like you, to you, for you to get updated news out of that country is very, very difficult. Yeah, you don't see it. Yeah, and the question is always why, of course. And, and to me, it's control. And and like you say, you could have, you could shut down these. V, you know, the you can't buy cryptocurrency, but it's not like your currency will go anywhere if if you yeah. know, you're living in India and you find a way to Canada, the United States, and you know yeah. anywhere where it's not illegal, the money still exists. As long as you don't forget your password, that's the other yeah. thing. That, yeah, don't don't lose hundreds of millions of dollars and get locked out of your password. You're screwed, man, because there's there's no way of retrieving it. Whereas if yeah. you know if I lose my wallet or my Visa card, I can just get a new one, and then that information right. is is remembered. Um, right. There's what, another you, one. What's the next one? It says, "Should we concentrate on one crypto or multiples?" Uh, just like any investments, you should be diversifying. You should be spreading yeah. it out because if you put all your money on that one card uh, or one game of blackjack and you lose, then you're out. Yeah. If you spread your money around, um, you're going to be better off. I mean, you might not get the gains that you want as fast as you want, but that's part of you know investing and not risking at all. I mean, you want to be able to invest smartly, grow wisely, and and you know it's going to take some time for you to to learn it. So. Uh, don't think that you need to conquer the the world in in a week or a month because it's changing all the time and uh, you know it might take you a year to really understand the ins and outs of it. Awesome. Uh, last question we have here is: Do you see unregulated unre and publicly verified crypto transactions a reactionary technology to fiat or rather government controlled currency? Hmm. I mean, for me right now, the way I see it is you know, the, the government is having the biggest problem with currency right now. Mm. And as much as they're going to try and regulate and stop things, uh, this is not something that anyone's going to be able to control. And I don't think they'll be able to control it fast enough. It's taking off. It's going in the right direction. And uh, just like we discussed with India, they can put you know, hurdles in your way, but uh, the opportunity for you to be dealing in this space is going to be more widely accepted and, and more widely available. I mean, you'll, you'll see ATMs with Bitcoin. You'll see, you know, uh, certain cards. And I'll, I'll tell you right now, Visa, MasterCard, they're all um, figuring it all out so that you can use Bitcoin or any crypto 
and and have it charged through them through their systems because you know visa is accepted worldwide so just get a visa um ethereum card and use your ethereum anywhere in the world that is that takes visa and that's and that's to your point of i mean really i can travel almost anywhere and visa's accepted everywhere mm -hmm. right they do all the transactions for you so yeah. why not just have one you know kind of universal one and and that really does seem to be the way that it's going and that will be a way of controlling the uh this this constant inflation because like you said it's like it's a spiral upwards and it's just it's going out of control right like my house i live in a dump and it's worth six hundred thousand dollars i bought it, i bought it for like four yeah it's it's insane and then it's like okay well if i never had a house how am i going to buy one in this market right so last question this is from me um and you don't have to answer this of course but how much money have you invested of your own money, not the money that you've returned back and then been able to expand on it? So how much money have you put in and uh, what currencies are you are you really into? So what am I holding? Well, how much money have you put into this, uh, would so you say? The way I look at it is as um, and I'm not going to give you exact numbers. Nope. Yeah. Um, but what I can tell you is I've, I've looked at my income. And I've looked at the percentage of money that I can invest, which used to be, sadly, the percentage of money that I wanted to save. Right. Right. Right now, I've gone through, you know, the the pandemic and used my savings and done the things that I wanted to do to, you know, even in, renovate at home and, and improve my standard of living. Because now your house is your office, is your schoolyard, is... <laughs> you know, is a playground and everything else. Right. So the way I've seen it is when I take, when I get my check, you know, I'm going to put aside, you know, it could be 5%, 10%. I'm looking at 10 uh, regularly and saying, I'm going to put 10% and invest into, you know, right now it's been Ethereum. Mm. That was the one I'm holding the most of. Um, and then when it trickles down, I, I put a lot of money in the Doge because um, I, I believe that there's something more there. I believe that the fact that it is completely, you know, uh, endless uh, in terms of opportunity, anyone can kind of adopt it and use it. And, and it's, and then it's still affordable. I think that people are going to be able to buy into it still for a while. Right. And I don't think it's going to turn into an $80,000 a coin investment. Um, so I put some money into that because, you know, maybe in a year's time or two years time, it, it has a good return. Right. But right now I'm looking at it in the long game. You know, I put some money into, uh, Cardano and, and Chainlink. I put some money into, uh, Stellar. So, you know, I'm reading up about these companies and understanding how they affect the, you know, uh, the blockchain and, uh, the transition of information that's available to, uh, businesses. And, and what its impact is going to be and hoping that I'm investing in the right company because that's what it really is. Right. right. It's like if you were in stocks, are you going to invest in something you don't believe in that, you know, right now I wouldn't be investing in, uh, you know, something that pe people are going to phase out soon. Yeah. Right. So the same thing with these currencies, you know, they represent, um, 
you know, like like we we're saying, they represent other things. It's not just someone inventing money. It's usually someone inventing this currency because it's going to be utilized in a system or a, a platform. Like we're talking about the Binance coin, mm-hmm. right? So the Binance coin is a great example because it's got value in its own world there. Like you, you're going to buy the Binance coin and then you can trade it for other, th- other things on that network. Um, another little thing I can tell you about with Binance is in June, they're coming out with their own NFT platform. So now that you've invested all your money through their platform, you're going to have exclusive access to their NFT platform and utilize all your Binance coin. You understand? So that's yeah. where they're going to control things from a, a perspective of you might not be allowed to use anything other than the Binance coin. So Binance is going to make money when you have to sell your Bitcoin to buy Binance so that you can use their NFT platform. I see. Yeah. Right. And if you think about that, I, I want to invest in that company because I think they're going to make money. They're creating value systems that people are going to use. And that's where I think is really, really important to evaluate, not just buying in a doge because it's, you know, a it has a good community. Yeah. yeah. Or the community is all about it. Right. You think about where your uses are going to be in the future. You know, where do you see things? I know that someone invented a real estate coin. I think that's a really, really great idea. But they itself admitted saying that they have still not seen a lot of use of people converting their money into the real estate coin in order to make a transaction. People are still using it um, in their own currency because they've created this platform, this website that'll accept, you know, maybe American dollars, right? And crypto. They're not leaving mm. you out yet. Mm, I see. I, it's but, not. You know, it's in, not exclusive yet. Right. So once yeah. it becomes exclusive, maybe you only sell a home on Remax using a Remax coin. Jeez. And then you trade your Remax coin for whatever currency you want that's got other value that you can use for other things. Right. Because there's going to be like that Remax coin might have so much value that okay, I sold my home for six hundred thousand. Now you've got value of 600,000 in Remax coin that you can trade into Amazon coin. Now I've got $600,000 worth of Amazon coin, which might be a different denomination or number, but that value will be able to be utilized in another way. I think I get it now. Okay. So instead of comparing nations, we're comparing markets. Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. That actually makes, so, I mean, well, take the, you take pull the government right out of the money. Yeah, 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 anymore. yeah. Decentral in every sense of the word decentralized. Yeah. The banks aren't controlling it. The governments aren't controlling it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and, and they're kinda, one day we can go on a vacation and we can buy cigars from a guy on the beach, yeah. and he's got a little reader, and we're sell, we're we're buying cigars in in Dogecoin or you know uh, or Bitcoin. You know what I mean? Like that's. That's the future because right now it doesn't matter what currency you're using. Someone just needs to have the same perception of value. Yeah. As, and that's, that's the market. What, yeah. Yeah. That's the market. So, I mean, really, who knows? But that is, this is a very utopian idea. And here's kind of one last comment, which I think we did touch on. But uh, well, the banks work against cryptocurrencies, fearing it might replace them. And I mean, they I think been. they will. Yeah. They have been already. The problem is, is that they're going to be finding themselves as, uh, I think you mentioned this one as uh, Blockbuster and Netflix. Yeah. yeah. They, they have so much money in the bank 
that they also understand that they can repurpose their uh, their profits and adopt something that's going to be competitive in this marketplace so they don't get left behind. And now they're contemplating these decisions. So JP Morgan Chase, huge bank, you know, out of the US, their market cap, I think they're in the top 10. I know they're in the top 20 for sure um, in terms of value. And by the summertime, they're going to allow their investors to buy crypto. So oh, it's around okay. the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah, not yeah. something that is yeah. far-fetched. And I look at what are the big investors doing right now? Do you know what the big investors are doing right now with, you know, the the guys that you might have heard about, you know, buying stock? Warren Buffett. Where are they putting their money? They're going to they're 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 putting it into banks. Oh. You you don't hear about it, but people are putting their money into banks because they know banks already have money. So they have the disposable currency cash to go and create something and compete in this. Okay, I see. So to drive it up, to drive up the artificial sort of power of banks, because mm-hmm. it is all kind of artificial power. Yeah. The billionaires are putting money into banks to make it seem like that's still the direction to go. However, however, like, the banks are choosing to start working into crypto. Maybe right. you hear it, maybe you don't. Yeah. And once they get that all figured out, and they're not, you know, uh, maybe they get invited to the party or they hire the right people. Um, they're going to have that more clout mm-hmm. to create their shot, create and demand what the rules might be for their version of crypto. So this is where you have to also understand and be careful with what you hear in terms of a new company coming out of the woodwork versus a bank that's going to be doing this and being able to invest your money. Because in the end, the bank's, they always have that, you know, hidden fee or this or that, right? Yeah. yeah. So they're always the, winning. The house always wins. There's a little bit of resistance with people yes. wanting to use the banks because the whole idea is to eliminate them. However, yeah. they're going to adopt these rules yeah. and this playbook. And, you know, like we said, it could be, you know, a, a Visa crypto card. It could be, yeah. a, you know, a, a Citibank um, cryptocurrency for all we know. But well, that's where... That's where this is a market, is a, is a risk, is a gamble. Invest wisely. Don't listen to anything I just told you and kind of figure it out because if you read and you learn and you understand, um, you'll be better off at making the right decision with how much money you should invest. I can't tell you what to invest. Of course. I can tell you what I'm seeing. I can yeah. give you my observational insight. If you want to reach out to me, you can reach out at Dan's Gotta Know and I will tell you my opinion of what, you know, I see from this chair in the marketplace right now, because it's going to change every day. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to tell you buy this today and I'll tell you to sell it tomorrow. It's just the way things are right now. Right. And it's evolving really quickly. Well, uh, Dan, thank you so much. Just uh, some comments from people. Great show from random talk garage. Uh, They they were watching and uh, simply susalicious. Amazing. Thank you. So delicious. Susie Licious, thank you very much. So, Dan, thank you so much for your time and your insight uh, and providing, I think, some some clarity for people. Well, just, if I haven't, I mean, reach out and ask any yeah. question you want at any time. That's kind of what I do right now. Like, I've uh, I've got about seven people that have invested money because I've told them what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. 
And, you know, if they're losing money, they're going to tell me if they're winning and, and gaining, they're going to tell me, but they're always asking questions and trying to learn this, you know, kind of like I'm learning it and everyone else is. We're not the uh, originators or creators of Bitcoin. So, you know, we, we kind of have to take it uh, as it is and learn on the fly and and be resilient. Yes. Yeah. Adapt, you know. Yeah. I mean, if 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 we've learned anything over these last almost uh, this last year, it's the importance of human resilience. Thank you so much for those of uh, uh, those of you who watched. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel on YouTube. We are on Spotify. Dan, uh, tell them about your podcast. I've got a, a really um, a humorous podcast with uh, some buddies called Random Talk Garage. Uh, you can find us on uh, every platform, you know, through Anchor. You can check me out on Instagram and you'll find the link there in the bio if you uh, need help finding um, a platform to listen on. But, uh, you know, we've, we basically just cover everything. Um, simply put, it's a garage where we go and talk in and, uh, and we record our sessions. So it'd be basically like, you know, when you have the, the guys over and, and it's just chatter and banter back and forth and updating on, you know, what you're going through or what you see out at your job or real life or, or, or anything like that. You know, maybe one day you might hear us talking about SNL and Dogecoin. And the next day you're going to hear us talking about, you know, funny movies or sports or whatever really is, is uh, topical. So we're very random. Um, we're, we're trying to be funny, but we're not funny. So it mm. actually <laughs> does sound funny in the end. Right. Right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we, um, we have a good group where, uh, you know, we all, uh, we're all connected together through uh, an old job. And uh, so we, we have um, a real good way to relate to each other when we, when we talk about things. So awesome. Uh, it's a good, it's a good group of guys. Thanks for giving me that opportunity to shout out and appreciate the invitation here. Uh, been really great questions from the listeners and I hope that uh, people can make their way across to uh, the random talk garage, check us out. And anybody listening that's, uh, from the garage that you should check out uh, Rob's podcast as well. It's been great, really informative, what you've been able to put together in the, in the collection of guests that you've got is very, very impressive. I want you to know that you're doing great stuff. Thank you. How Canadian, eh? We're just complimenting each other back and forth. How yeah, we about must it? Be, How <laughs> we about must it? be How Canadian. Yeah. Well, uh, Daniel, thank you once again. We will keep in touch, my friend. And uh, so glad to know you and have gotten the opportunity to speak with you. Same, same. Hopefully we can do it again in the future. We will. Take care. See you later. Good night, everyone. All right. Bye now. Once again, that was Daniel Soisa on the future of economics, Bitcoin, blockchain, and cryptocurrency. Uh, this is, once again, this when you start talking about finances and the way that these things work and the decentralization of the monetary system with, with bits like that, it's bound to be confusing. So make sure that you do your research. Hopefully we provided some clarity about this topic. Again, it is, it is nebulous, but the idea here is that this could potentially be the future of, of how commerce is done. Uh, I mean, the internet's not going anywhere, and this seems to be what what the powers that may be are are, are trying to establish. Uh, after all, our our monetary system is based upon credit, 
it's not based on the 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 gold standard or anything like that it's simply based on on inflation and credit and prices are just going to continue to go up and it's creating for uh, a very problematic situation and who knows where we'll be in 10 15 years from today so just make sure that you're protecting yourself and your family and and only invest uh, in, invest at your own risk so I hope you enjoyed this episode once again this this show is brought to you by ourselves so if you like it please subscribe to us on YouTube at I'm probably wrong about everything or Instagram probably wrong about everything thank you so much for listening have a wonderful day Thank you again for listening. I'm Robert Grant, and I'm probably wrong about everything.